Well, hello everybody. This is Jennifer Randi from Conversations in Conscious Change. There are so many things that are changing around nowadays and uh, many people are not being able to cope with situations of this sort. However, I have been very fortunate and lucky to have people that surround me in everything that I do. And I have actually seen how people can focus on change and really, uh, truly actually use change to their advantage. I'm going to be introducing you to a person who I've had the pleasure of meeting and who is an actual change catalyst who actually brings all kinds of stuff that he makes fun for everyone. I'd like to introduce Mr. Timur Kudratov, the founder and the owner of Luxury World Key Concierge. Welcome to the call, Timur. How are you doing today? Hi, Jennifer. I'm very good. How are you today? Wonderful. I'm so excited yeah. for everyone to hear what uh, you are going to share with us because I truly find you extremely inspirational. And that's why you're on the call with me today. So, Timur, yeah. tell me, tell me, and tell all our amazing listeners about you. So, you were a person who came to Dubai in 2004, if I'm correct. Yes, indeed, you, in 2004. And you actually came in to be a lifeguard. Is that true? Yes, I got a contract to join uh, Jumeirah company at uh, Wild Wadi Water Park as a lifeguard. Wow. And uh, today you are the owner and the founder of Luxury World Key Concierge. My question to you is, and for my listeners is, <laughs> what happened in between? What changed? How did you actually <laughs> become this amazing owner? <laughs> well, uh, to tell you the truth, that I can't say that I never thought of having my own company. Um, I, when I landed, when I came to Dubai, I don't know really. I had this thing in my mind that one day I'm going to have my own business. I was not thinking about what type of business. I had no idea. I had no business plan because basically I just graduated joined the university and then I got the contract to come to Dubai and I was super excited. I knew I'm going to have my business. So here's my story then. Um, but yeah, tell me, Jen. No, but but it's, it's really interesting. So usually when we try to plan too many things mm -hmm. and we want to have something that is absolutely perfect in the right way and uh, we tend to stumble and fall, but I think where you were operating from was truly choosing that one day you're going to have your business and you had no idea what the business is going to look like. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm, I'm, coming, I'm, I'm coming from a family which has no business background. Like my father <laughs> is an electrician and my mother is the telephone operator. And back uh, in my country, which is... Uh, uh, formed a Soviet Union country, one of those uh, Soviet Union countries, X, uh, mm. doing business or making extra money wasn't like a, a good thing to do anyway. 
So that's why oh, yes. when I was here, mm. I, when I was here, I knew 100% I'm going to have my business and it happened. I mean, I can tell a bit more about how, what was my way towards mm. opening the business. If it's interesting to listen. But it's you ask definitely me interesting, I'll, but, yeah. but uh, it's, it's really cool how Dubai and the UAE has its charm for people to step mm. into entrepreneurship. <laughs> it is really, really <laughs> yes. interesting. It really is. Right. So, so, so walk us through the time that you actually decided that, mm, yeah, uh, being in the concierge service is going to be a cool thing. What happened? How did you yeah. actually go about doing that? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, in order to make it more interesting for listeners, I'll, I'll just uh, pick the best moments of those two years I've been working with Jumeirah. So I spent six months as a, con uh, as a lifeguard. Then I was constantly applying. The good thing what happened when I was uh, getting a contract to come to Dubai, mm -hmm. I had the choice to join either Jumeirah Beach Hotel at the FMB. Mm -hmm. uh, as the waiter in any of the restaurants or the lifeguard. Currently, at that uh, stage, I was already working at FMB back in Uzbekistan while uh, being at the university. I was waiter, assistant manager at the restaurant. So I was really tired of FMB. So I thought <laughs> lifeguarding is something cool, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you, you watch these movies and it's a beach. Yes. It was completely different from what actually happened when I came. It was too hot. It was summer. It was too cold because I spent six months. So I actually was in summer and a bit of at winter at the Waltwadi and at the beach. So, but what good thing happened that if you are a lifeguard or any other department, you are allowed to apply to any other position within after six months. When okay. the waiters, all F&B, can only apply after one year. So it was the good thing that I was a lifeguard because after six months, I start applying my CV to every uh, possible position within Jumeirah. Wonderful. And uh, I had no experience at front office. I have to say that I had to somehow adjust my CV saying that I do know uh, front <laughs> office and I had experience working at the hotel when I never I even had friends at uh, uh, working already because when you uh, staff at Jumeirah you you know other staff who speaks Russian different mm -hmm. position so I had mm -hmm. friends from front office of Jumeirah Beach Hotel who were doing a print screen for me of the Fidelio system they were using so at least <laughs> I know how it looks so when I come to the interview and they tell me do you know what Fidelio and I say, yeah, sure, I know. I can at least, you know, by memorizing the screens. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that was a good thing. I got uh, an interview at the uh, Emirates Stars Hotel for the concierge executive. And I did, I think, the best interview I ever had. And I even use it uh, sometimes towards my trainings when I do one-to-one -one trainings, mm -hmm. how, to be, uh, how to prepare yourself for the interview. Because a night before, the interview to happen, I took staff bus to Emirates Stars Hotel and I went because I knew that I was supposed to meet with uh, uh, Joseph Koryakos. He was an HR uh, manager mm -hmm. who uh, was supposed to be doing an interview for me. So mm -hmm. I went to Emirates Stars Hotel, I uh, went through the staff entrance and I was searching for something to know about this guy. 
We, there was no LinkedIn, <laughs> or at least I didn't know about it. So I found the HR door, and luckily enough, they had this big uh, a press wall or something on the wall where they had all their stuff. And uh, uh, every picture had the name and a brief story about the person who who worked and how he started. So Joseph Kuriakos, he started back at... Uh, like 19 something when the Jumeirah first opened as the mm -hmm. housekeeping agent uh -huh. and uh, I, I was waiting I was waiting to to use this information but I didn't <laughs> know so during the interview he asked me like after we, we had this wonderful conversation he asked me like normal this standard question where do you see yourself within Jumeirah after five years and I thought this is my chance I said well look at you where you started as a housekeeping at the blah, blah, blah this year. And now you are an HR manager. So uh, isn't it amazing that Jumeirah gives you a chance to grow that? It was like, wait, 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 hold on a second. How do you know me? How do you know when I started? And then I said, this is what I did. He said, wait, because he told me in advance that today is the first interview. If you pass, you'll have another interview with the concierge manager, but we'll call you. So he said, hold on, sit here. He went, he called the concierge manager, Mr. Mirzav Saleh. He came down, he said, I really recommend you to meet this guy today. <laughs> and that's it. Six months. I was the first one, I think, out of a bunch, 25 people who came as a lifeguard, who got mm -hmm. the position and write to a concierge, not like security, not like uh, any, like it was higher grade. That's wow. how I first met what is concierge. And then, cutting the story short, I was promoted within Jumeirah Hotels as team leader, concierge team leader. Then I was a concierge, assistant concierge manager. I was once chosen, nominated for concierge of the year. It's like the highest award at Jumeirah you can get. Mm. Then in 2006, that's the whole journey when the, the whole fun thing started. Because... Um, I uh, I was about to I was engaged already to my fiance at that time, and she was here with me in Dubai and uh, she was pushing me. She was saying like, "Come on, you can." Because even as the concierge assistant manager, I was still sh having sharing accommodation because you have to wait <laughs> for six months and then you apply for a single accommodation. So I had myself, my wife, my roommate, and his. Uh, uh, Fiance, so four people in the studio at Gardens. So I was like, yeah. So my wife was pushing me, saying like, "Come on, you have to do something. You can't. We can't live like this." So yeah. uh, I was applying outside of Jumeirah. I couldn't wait, and I got a job at Nivea. Okay, so before, <laughs> before we go Nivea, into that, they were Timur. opening us. Yeah, Timur, before we yeah. go into that, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, so your journey with with Jumeirah was from 2004 to 2006. Yes. Okay, cool. And in that time, you have mentioned that you were recognized for your outstanding performance. But I have a question over here for you. Yes. Sure. What do you think made you different? Okay. <laughs> uh, I actually, being as a concierge assistant manager, I did a lot of trainings for the staff. And, you know, at the Madina Jumeirah at Alcacer, you have over 200 colleagues under the concierge department because mm -hmm. all those buggy and boats, abras, captains, they all under concierge 
Batman. So yeah. doing trainings, I had those negative, I mean, not colleagues, but negative sayings from people who've been there for 10 years, 15 years, but still as a driver. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was telling them, the thing is that even if you work for 30 or 50 years, you, don't, you should not expect the management or company come to you and say, you know, because you've been driver for 15 years, here you go, now you are a team leader. No, That's you have to do a lot of extra things. Mm-hmm. You have so to that, do a lot of extra things that, 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 that people don't to, expect you to do. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want to, to touch upon is like organizations recruit people and they train people and that's what it is that they're doing, okay? But as an individual, mm. how can we enhance ourselves? That is the part that people really have to get, especially at this time, because we mm. have, all have time right now to really enhance ourselves. We have been spoiled quite often by organizations mm-hmm. who say that they're going to train us and then we expect them to train us, but we are not really doing yeah. anything to help ourselves yeah. to grow. So that's a very valid point that, that you made. 30 to 50 years trying to be a driver or being a driver, waiting for someone to recognize you yeah. is really a ridiculous way to spend your whole life. Don't you agree? Yes, indeed. Like uh, nobody asked me, but for example, when I was at the concierge, I decided to do a catalog of uh, five-star hotels, of uh, regular questions when clients asked, because at the concierge, just to, to, to make it clear, there was no access to internet. Like it was not allowed to use internet. So you can't just Google when the person comes to you and say, I want this, I want the restaurant, I want this, your recommendations. At Emirates Stars Hotel, there was no internet to be used. So I decided to make a book, like I was doing night shifts for a month and I was just collecting this book, making it. So I presented it to, to the management. They didn't ask for it. I, I, I knew that I'm not going to get a raise or somebody will pay me for it. I just knew that I have to show that I'm different because I, because I moved from lifeguarding and I had these people talking, saying, forget, this is not uh, worldwide anymore. You can't say this. You can't uh, use this language. You can't use this word. It's not lifeguarding anymore. So I, I wanted to, I, um, it was tough. I mean, and I was... Uh, getting bamboos <laughs> on daily basis, but uh, I knew that it is going to help me. Uh, so when you work at the big corporate, uh, you can't just expect, as you you are right completely, that yes, uh, corporates they spoil you by saying we'll give you trainings. Because even in our company, mm-hmm. you have staff when they don't perform, they blame mm-hmm. you. They say, but you you didn't do trainings. It's like, okay, but <laughs> the only training I can give you, it's to, I can put you inside operation, give you all the tools, but when you go home, it's up to you to learn. I can't put information inside your head. So you have to, I can give you tools, but you have to use them. So in that in our company, in concierge especially. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very valid point is because most of the time, it's, it's our personal choice. And that's why I, I do something that is called being the CEO you of your life and living, if you are mm. not going to take charge of yourself, it's very easy to blame other people for uh, mm. things that are ha- happening to you. No, we actually are creating the stuff um, that actually we experience by the way that we are operating. So operating systems mm. truly have to change. I think this is a, 
a, a very, very uh, good point that you brought up is that unless we don't choose to change something, everything will mm. just be status quo and you cannot grow to truly become the pro like you have. So, so mm-hmm. let's yes. get back to your story now. So now sure. you are, <laughs> you are in, in, in a sharing accommodation, two couples and your wife is yeah. now telling you, get your act together, Timur. Go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, that, that, that time it was a difficult choice because I knew I can grow within Jumeirah and uh, the benefits for the higher management C level and other levels is really great. Not like what uh, regular staff gets because my salary at that time was 1,800 dirham and uh, plus 300 for Russian, obviously accommodation, the one sharing and the staff bus. And you can eat at the uh, staff canteen all day long. Yeah. (laughs) So she was telling me like, come on, you have to do something. So I was fine trying to find the job and um, I moved from Jumeirah and uh, I got the job at Nivea. Uh, at Dubai Mall, they were setting up, uh, I thought it's a store, it ended up to be a beauty salon, so I ended up at beauty salon. But uh, the thing is that being an assistant concierge manager with the staff, like 200 plus staff, mm-hmm. and uh, when you get into this Nivea, because they were just, they offered me 5,000 plus accommodation. So I thought it's triple of what I'm getting as the concierge, assistant concierge manager. So mm-hmm. I decided, and plus I'll have single accommodation with my wife. So I yeah. signed the contract. I got into one week training. Then I got into store and it was like 12 ladies <laughs> and I was supposed to be a manager and they would not even allow me because they like they were all Brits from UK and mm-hmm. from Uzbekistan. They were telling me, no, you don't know how to do schedules. You don't know how to do that. You have to pass the six months period. I was like, what? I was managing 200 plus people and it's 12 girls in the saloon. Like, what can I do? Then uh, it, it was like one month maximum. I stayed, I was like depressed, thinking like, what did I do? And then I started receiving calls from my clients from hotel who were coming again, the season started. So they wanted my attention, they wanted my time. So I would spend a couple of, I would not go on duty and I spend time with clients, I get paid. So then I called HR and I said, you know, I have a friend of mine, uh, just wanted to check your advice. He wants to resign, what's gonna happen? They knew it's me, <laughs> who will? <laughs> so they, they said, well, we don't do band. We don't mm-hmm. put band, but uh, uh, we, won't give you, uh, we won't give you an OC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I was thinking, I'm, I'm, anyway, because the idea came itself. What mm-hmm. can I like? What I've been doing for the past two years in Jumeirah, except the being lifeguard, I was a great customer service agent. I was great in communicating with people, and people need me, need my time, need my advices. So I start searching what is concierge because I never knew that there are concierge companies out there. I thought that concierge is only at the hotel. So I start studying watching movies the favorite one i was the concierge then hotel babylon a couple of series so i decided to start a company okay so uh, so now i I want to to uh interrupt you there and uh please please do it 
just just for our listeners, I want to just draw out on how amazingly you were able to look at change and look at the challenge that you were facing by being surrounded by 12 women in a beauty salon where you could go <laughs> left or right. But it, it, was, it, it was a challenge for you. But you actually took that challenge and created something of a change that works to your advantage. You see, most of the time what we do is we, we tend to look at any challenge that we are faced with and actually quit. And winners mm. never, ever quit. And I think you mm -hmm. were born a winner uh, simply because you. you looked at everything and from everything that seemed a challenge or would seem a challenge to many people, you actually chose to create something from there. <laughs> but again, I, to create yeah. something, Timur, you had to innovate. Yes. And when you went into... You see, this, this is the part that, that I find so inspiring about your story is that every time that you went beyond the call of duty, that is how you have been operating from the very start, going beyond yes. the call of duty, going beyond extra job mile. descriptions, going the extra yeah. mile. That is what it is that a true leader is all about. And that's why I think. Uh, when people hear your story, it's going to be, wow, if he can do it from being a <laughs> oh, lifeguard, yes, <laughs> then anyone can do it. You know what I'm saying? But there has to be a different mindset. Our mind usually comes in the way to limit us. The idea is that when we're operating from consciously changing, simply because we want to be the best expression of ourselves, there will be possibilities mm -hmm. that show up. And now the possibility of you not having an NOC, again a challenge, but now you're changing <laughs> that into a possibility of starting a business. Please carry on. How did it go? Yes, uh, the NOC, as you know, in this country, so you, I can't actually get another job without NOC. Yeah. So no the only way is to... Yeah. Yeah, See, the only way is to become an owner of the company. So if I'm the owner or a partner in the company, uh, I don't need an NOC. Exactly. Right? So that was the only way I could stay, like stay in Dubai. Because I mean, I, I to make it more interesting. Obviously, there was different procedures. They called me. They gave me termination letter and stuff mm -hmm. like. So I won't get into this. I get mm -hmm. into setting up a company and uh, uh, a lot of people ask me and they think that it's very easy. I mean, it became easy now. Yes, because yeah. that time there was no PRO services. So at least I didn't know anyone who, who is and plus setting up a company not at free zone because there were no fa uh, like free zones at that time in terms of uh, uh, being flexible to experts. Mm -hmm. So I had to find the local sponsor, who to find, where to get the money from. I honestly, till now, I never had an investor. And a lot of people think that there are investors behind my company, but it's all done with a profit we make, we reinvest in the company. But starting up then, I actually lost the savings, which I had when I was a concierge. I was actually having 
I mean, I was regretting. I regret that I left Jumeirah, but I knew one thing that you should not regret. As you said, every challenge is the opportunity. So I thought, okay, I don't go back to Jumeirah, whether I could. And uh, I, I was feeling ashamed, you know, like I was like a beaten dog. I left Jumeirah when I was uh, being paid high in terms of uh, tips. Mm -hmm. And plus, concierge is always about tips. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So I knew one thing in order for me, because I already had clients. I had um, several families in Dubai who were uh, inquiring my services on the phone all the time. And I was thinking of a model, how to charge people for my services. So I it, was it more was thinking, so, yeah. So, so Timur, what I'm getting is that you actually were doing this simply because you loved helping people out for them to experience ease and joy and uh, happiness in what it is that they were wanting and you were being able to provide that for them so it was almost like a yes. hobby but now you yes. are finding different ways of making that hobby actually a business to business it's yes. hobby to be it's hobby to business and the way i say it's it's hobby when you love something you do so and then you make it out of it business and you become happy so it's hobby business happiness so it's hobbiness that's my new word brilliant I love hobbiness that. <laughs> How can we bring hobbiness yeah. to, into everyone's life? That's that school. Yeah, I want to have a hobbiness village <laughs> where people, because I mean, I can see people in on Facebook and different pages. They're posting something like, "Oh, I can do, I can do baking, I can do fixing, I can do," and I know that this is something they love, and it's not their main job. But how wonderful it is if something you love is your main job. Absolutely. When the then you're not working a single day in your life. Exactly, exactly. And being a concierge, I, you are right. What I liked about being concierge is, is uh, showing them a different way of uh, utilizing things, so a different way of enjoyment when you are in Dubai. Because I had clients who say, oh, it's our 10 years in Dubai. What can you possibly show? And they always stay, let's say, at um, Deira or Bar Dubai because they love that area and they, they come to, to buy stuff and send it by cargo. So when I take them to Al-Qasr Hotel, Madinat Jumeirah, I put them on that boat and I take them around and they're like, is this really Dubai? And then you see it. I mean, that then you really enjoy that. Okay, you 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 showed them something they didn't know, and you exactly. helped them. And so, yes, for me, creating a company was yes. First of all, I needed to find a way uh, to survive because I mm -hmm. needed an income, and I had getting because I couldn't even charge, you know, for my services. I was shy to say when people say. Okay, how much do we owe you? And it's like, no, it's fine, whatever. And then you feel like, what, what is it wrong with you? What, whatever, you have to pay your bills. <laughs> so when I set up a company, I wasn't shy anymore. I was Absolutely. always saying, okay, this is the company check. This is the company account. And uh, for me, it was okay now to say how much my time cost. Absolutely. How much, what, what is the membership charges? Yeah. So now tell yes. me about uh, the concierge service that you provide to all your clients. 
But before that, I'd like to touch upon something that is a little more personal. Sure. I believe that you got married and you have a beautiful wife and you also have a little boy. Yes, it and is uh, true. We have a little is, boy. And he is, he is your pride and joy. But things were not very <laughs> easy when the little boy came in. So could you tell us uh, what yeah, exactly yeah. actually occurred with the little boy, <laughs> the little boy when he was born? What happened there? Okay. Uh, 2018 uh, May. Uh, before that, uh, my my wife, my future wife, who is my current wife now, she <laughs> came to visit me, and from Russia, and we were just dating. And uh, I, can you still hear me? Yes, 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 absolutely. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, it happened to happen. Then she 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 got pregnant, and we decided that we fly home for delivery and bought herself tickets on 11th of May. Okay. And uh, we decided that she goes first and then I'll come after a month or a couple of months because I needed to sort out things here because it's just happened. Mm -hmm. And um, 8th of May, she started feeling pain. We went for a checkup and spent the whole day doing the uh, um, checkup and we were supposed to we had tickets on 11th mm -hmm. so on 9th of may morning we went to see the doctor mm -hmm. and she said like timur i don't know what you're going to do with the paperwork but you need to make decision now we're going to the hospital she's delivering i was oh like what God. it was like 23rd week uh -oh. and uh, i was like 23rd week and isn't it too early and she's like it is very early and um, anyway, she called the ambulance and she was calling to different hospitals, private hospitals. Yeah. Like I won't mention the names, but they were all rejecting. They were saying it's too, it, it's too risky. We can't accept it. Then the driver said, why do we even call? Let's go to Latifa hospital. It's a government hospital. They mm -hmm. have to admit her. They can't say no. Mm -hmm. So we went there without calling and only on the way we called when we were nearby. Mm. so they can prepare the trolley and stuff yeah. she was delivering yeah. and yeah 9 of may um around uh, evening 10 p.m i guess mm. she delivered a beautiful boy and uh it was really tiny because just the night before flight mm. before when we were playing packaging stuff and we checked an internet uh, mm. Like, what is the size of a baby at 23rd week? And it was showing that your baby is the size of an eggplant. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like, he actually, yeah, she <laughs> delivered like a small, tiny eggplant. And uh, a couple of days, I was calling him eggplant, eggplant, because I was thinking of a name. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, people f laugh at me saying that, oh, you have such an ego. Because when they ask my son's name, I say his name is Timur. Like what Timur Timur? And I said yes, because I knew that he needed a strong name, and mm. I knew myself I'm a fighter. I went through a lot of difficult times and uh, illnesses, so I gave him my name just to uh, help him, um, maybe with the name. I was praying to everyone, honestly, mm. saying I'm a Muslim. I was praying to Allah. My wife is Christian. She was praying to same God, but. Uh, he spent around six months in the incubator oh in that God. box and uh, 
thanks God to doctors, they did everything possible. He had several surgeries for the stomach, for eyes, uh, testicles, like surgery, surgeries, broken leg. Oh, and Jesus. after two months, they found out in the incubator that his leg is broken. I was like constantly, you know, going and getting this news. And I was thinking like, I mean, if God gave us a child, obviously it was for a reason. Totally. And it was a reason that we supposed we, we, we were not supposed to fly. Because uh, I don't know what would happen if we fly on yes, heaven. Yes, and, and she had so, just, uh, oh my. Yeah. Wow. So he is now almost 9 kg. He was born 700 gram, by the way. Yes, yeah, 700 my gram, God. 23 weeks. <laughs> yeah, very tiny. And now he's 9 kg. But he's a fighter he's like old. his dad, I guess. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he is. Now, now. We complain now that he's too active. And then we stop <laughs> ourselves saying like, oh, come on, wait, wait. Don't complain. Let him be active. Let him cry, crawl, <laughs> break things, whatever. But it's just that uh, we every time we stop ourselves mem uh, remembering that he was born 700 grams, he went through so many surgeries. Even doctors were shocked because uh, on the first week they called us, oh, you know, he has this hole in his... Uh, uh, what you call it, in the stomach, so everything is coming out, so we need to oh, do surgery Jesus. tomorrow, like, completely. But, yeah, thanks God, it was uh, not not insurance case, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. yeah, it was another hit uh, that uh, the and bill this, came and, out. And, yeah. all this is, and all this is happening while you are uh, trying to get your business set up. <laughs> yeah, all this happening while um, uh, we went, I think now current situation, obviously, uh, now I think we went through, this is the third crisis we are going through and uh, there are ways of, uh, uh, of passing through these times and I'm using them. So I might yeah, share it, with you. It, it, it's really, really cool. Um, yeah, please do. Because I'd like uh, yeah. all of us at this particular moment so uh, are go experiencing things, and uh, mm. people like you and people like me who have who've been able to look at things in a totally different way, actually are here to create a way, and that's what it is that we are doing through this podcast. So please do share. Please, please go ahead. Um, first of all, I advise everyone, and I personally do. Uh, to understand that like whatever happens happens for a reason it gives you a chance to look back and evaluate things and uh, look at things differently okay. I, uh, I was I, I listen a lot to different uh, motivational speakers Les Brown is one of my favorite mm -hmm. and uh, I do follow the advices it's not just in um, uh, one of his speech he says the life is hard I mean, don't expect it's going to be easy. Don't expect if you just listen to a wise man talking and then suddenly you're motivated and mm -hmm. things will change by itself. No, you have to do something toward this. You have to uh, look for opportunities. So what I do now, uh, I try to talk to people. <laughs> you know, I share my ideas, even if I get negative feedback, even if I don't get any feedback, I try to communicate more and it was i think uh, always the best solution for my company 
either during difficult times or during the success, I was sharing my stories, I was sharing my failures, I was sharing about my success. Some people say, Yo, you know, don't share about your success. People get jealous. Yes, they do, maybe, but then at least you can see that, okay, these people, you don't need to be surrounded by them because <laughs> when they get jealous, Absolutely. yeah, when, you, when they get jealous, okay, so now you can remove him because you should not wait. Maybe he's with you because you have bad times and then suddenly when you are success, he starts being jealous. Anyway, so mm -hmm. the first thing, as I said, is communicating, trying to network, whatever, like what we're doing now, I really appreciate that you called me for the interview. And I think this is an opportunity to share my story, okay. to, uh, to, to get um, sort of recognition to things we do. And well, if the only way now to operate is an online thing, Zoom Absolutely. or... Absolutely. Uh, mm. So teaching or learning new things. I think this is a, another advice, what you should do. You should start changing the way you do your business. You can't just sit and wait that the whole situation will finish and then it will get back to normal. Like I read somewhere that it should not get back to normal because normal wasn't working as we can see. <laughs> totally. So, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and, and quite yeah. honestly, to add to that, it is about chaos actually is the new normal <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes indeed and uh, when i look at the people and yes obviously there are a lot of people trying to uh, make a use of uh, the happening selling masks and masks became a new uh, bitcoin or a new <laughs> yes. currency but that's amazing <laughs> people how, sell by. how people can can look at different situations yeah. and actually yes, use yes. them to their advantage I think that that's, yes, uh, that, that's a very good way of looking at it. And where you're concerned, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that uh, being online um, and, uh, and yeah. actually helping. The other thing about you, um, uh, Timur, and I have to share with, with my audience, is that you have no qualms at all about reaching out to people. I think that is one of your biggest assets when you reach mm -hmm. out to people. Yes. To invite people yeah. in to create something new. I mean, that there in itself, there is no thought in your mind that comes about competition. I remember uh, seeing one of your interviews uh, on YouTube mm -hmm. where a person asked you, so, uh, Timur, what do you think about the, your, the competition in the concierge services? And I remember hearing you say, I never ever consider anyone as competition and I always consider yes. them to, for them to become a possibility of becoming my partner. Now for me, yes. that was something that stru struck a chord to actually perceive and see how it is that you would look at everyone as being a contribution and that can only happen when you are absolutely sure of who you are. Hi. Yes, and uh, I can just give myself a credit to that because obviously when people ask this question about who are your competitors or how do you deal with your competitors, they mean, they mean the large concierge company quintessentially and others. And as, as I said, I want to give myself a credit. I actually interviewed uh, um, 
ex-director of sales from Quintessentially who wanted to join a company. <laughs> I had a Quintessentially CEO Middle East who wanted to sell me her license. But all I'm saying is not that I never took them as competitor because this is something I wanted to learn from them, 100%. They, they have built an amazing corporate structure and I just wanted to see what they do wrong so I can change it within my company. And I was always reaching out to them. I was always sending an emails offering, let's do uh, an event together or let's do um, a party together for the clients because I have my own clients. Uh, and they have their own clients and they their clients with them because they want to work with them so it's not for me to come to their clients i mean some 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 people some companies some business owners they're afraid of competition for one thing for one reason okay what if he takes my clients so that's if you give thing. something is, yeah. yeah that's another yeah. thing that i want to actually draw out from you is yeah. is that if people could actually see themselves that uh, competition really is not what it is that's going on. And, and the question mm. that I would like to ask is, I mean, what if, what if you are unique in the way mm. that you operate? And what if they are unique in the way that they operate? If we were then to come together to collaborate, what an amazing yes. difference we would make to people. And our clients. Imagine. That is what it is. I mean, um, the ideal world, I think, would be something of that sort. If we could actually come together to create far greater, instead of looking at minuscule mm. things of trying to be fearful about losing things instead of gaining something. Yeah. Yeah. If you join forces, I believe 100% in joining forces. And uh, regardless how big or small the company is, if you don't collaborate, Nowadays, at this time or now, today's world, 2020, if you don't join forces, you are going to lose 100%. 100%. I look at big companies. I look at big companies who one day were not even replying to our emails when we were requesting for either a corporate discount or a corporate contract. Now reaching out to us, not because we became big or our name keep on appearing, because now they want to collaborate. Now they need clients. I'm fine even now signing up. I don't say no to anyone, whoever. Send us uh, an email saying, let's partner up. Yes, I don't be, I am not being arrogant saying, you know, uh, we have, like sometimes I get this reply saying, you know, uh, uh, what you offer, uh, we don't think that we can offer to our clients services you offer. It's fine. The collaboration doesn't mean try to sell my services to your clients. The collaboration means let's find what we can do together. Not maybe, a, yeah. not trying to me sell your services and become your sales agent or you selling my services. But if you dealing with clients and I'm dealing with clients and let's see what we can do together because we do have a network. You have your network. So now let's, let's join forces. And uh, that's the only way forward that, now. Yeah, that's the only way forward yes. now. Um, I think and, that uh, people should actually get that. <laughs> it really is the only way forward. But but, but uh, yes, it's unfortunate that they don't, and they think that you're going to still. And you were completely, I hundred percent agree with you that. 
there is always something unique you do or like you, the way you talk or the way you approach or the way you serve. That's why I'm not afraid people, I'm going to lose my clients if they choose another concierge company. It means that I wasn't good enough. So it's fine because when you, it's better to have few happy clients rather than thousand unhappy when they always go and complain and, and they don't agree or they don't like your service. And you know, there's a lot of stuff. And yeah. uh, coming back to how, how we cope with current situation, what we do. Uh, yeah, that, I was that, saying another that, question I'd yeah. like to ask you right now is that yeah. uh, considering what is occurring right now um, all around us and the lockdown and, and what have you, um, what, what is it that you have thought of doing now and how are you using this current situation to your advantage? And to and to create something for 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 your clients because I truly believe there is an opportunity, a hidden opportunity within any challenge. So I'd like to ask you that question: uh, What do you perceive as a hidden opportunity at this time? The uh, the the first hidden opportunity that uh, you can't get reply saying I'm not available or I'm traveling or I'm on the meeting. Everyone, you know where everyone is. Everyone is at home, so it's the best chance to reach out to them. If I don't know, people are looking for a job now. You can do an online interview because people are really bored. The CEO, yes. the owner, the company owner, the partners, whoever sits at home, if they are not occupying themselves with anything, they are so bored. So now is the time to do online interviews if you are looking for a job so you can keep applying, sending videos with your video, like resume, so mm -hmm. you can get people answer to you now because yes. people want to be occupied. So what we do, we uh, launch several services as a concierge because we don't mm -hmm. want uh, our clients to think that we just sit and wait for the whole thing to resume or get back to mm -hmm. normal, as I said. So we launched mm -hmm. several online services like an online babysitter for several mm -hmm. clients we already tried and it works because when you have two, three kids at home and you, uh, you sit at home with your husband and you want your, your kids are doing online schooling. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to sit with them or force them. So we have an online nanny. We have an online big brother service. The guy who can play with you games, computer games online, just to be your partner. So you don't get wonderful. That's, have, that's awesome. <laughs> we've done last week an online tea party with the tea guru. We contacted yeah. an expert at tea from Russia, mm -hmm. Victoria, and uh, she was doing this tea session. Uh, we sent a list of ingredients everyone should have or be prepared at home so they can do this different uh, uh, tea ceremonies. And she was sharing some stories about the tea and Asia. So it was like 40, 50 people just to entertain our clients. But I mean, obviously it was free, but mm -hmm. we wanted clients to know that we're there. We're trying to come up with new things. And not, now we start getting suggestions. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do wine yeah. testing and stuff? So we 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 went online i heard people saying but you know that online uh, they will never it, it will never replace the humans i 100% agree our clients with us because we don't have like application we don't uh, send them to computer to communicate with us through whatsapp so we communicate with them but unfortunately 
the only way we can reach out to clients now is an online thing Platform, so we yeah. have to use it Absolutely. yeah so we have several services as i said we did online and as well as i shared with you before Mm-hmm. We have uh, launched the online exhibition platform. We have launched it actually in 2018, but it was always a, like a hobby, another hobby for me and for the Russian office. We were just little by little investing into developing the platform. And now when the, the first thing, it hit my head like, wow, now all exhibitions are canceling in China. Before it came here, before it went to the world but we had cancellations in china exhibitions so we start sending them a, a platform saying why don't you use online thing while the offline will come back to normal use online platform so it works well we are developing so we have this project as a go expo online mm-hmm. exhibition so it has a features to do training seminars webinars exhibitions uh, I'm inviting friends and people I know to become an expert because yes. it also helps individuals uh, with their uh, products, whatever they do. Because exactly. I know um, the the idea about expert, actually, if you allow me to share a brief, sure. um, came to me when I was invited by um, ex-CEO of Capital Club, Mr. Reza Jafar. He invited me to join one of the Saturdays, uh, a new community who was building, it was Social Capital Club. Mm-hmm. It was a, a platform for business leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners to share their ideas towards one common goal, the corporate social responsibility. Yes. Uh, it was a bit, un- people were a bit uncertain to why do we get there? It was just small gathering with lunch, sharing ideas. And then it, it, it stuck me like, wow, I'm so lucky because I, I, it was, I don't know, vice president of JP Morgan, for example, mm-hmm. or a huge law firm who would sit down there and say, you know, well, I have a couple of free hours a week. I can help you guys with anything you need in terms of banking. I can guide you, consult you. And I was like thinking, wow. Mm-hmm. Where on earth I can find an expert of such level offering mm-hmm. me a free consultancy of one of or two hours. And then I think, okay, how many other young entrepreneurs out there who would never get this chance? And maybe the same VP or the same consultant would happily give him a consultancy. But how do they meet? You know, how do they know that this guy can offer a free consultancy? So I was thinking of creating a platform and I had the name even, and I had the presentation, and I'm thinking, I mean, while having conversation with you, I'm thinking yeah. about this project, because what you do is amazing. And that project used to be, I mean, it's called HCIH, it's How Can I Help? So Wonderful. it was just a platform for experts, Let me know how I can help you, my dear, for sure. Yes, (laughs) yes, 100%. I would love love to. Because it will be just very simple. It's list of experts in different uh, industries, a list of entrepreneurs, list of people who seek for help. Because I believe in helping, especially Mm -hmm. during this difficult times. It admires me when uh, some um, restaurants are offering free food for people mm-hmm. who ended up with no food and I would love to amazing. contribute to yeah. that. Yes, to, uh, it is an amazing thing. If if I was 
in uh, F&B industry or had a restaurant, definitely I would do the same because... The, the amazing yeah, thing that I'm getting is that in this time of this challenge, everything has been stopped. But have you noticed mm. how amazing it is that human beings are coming together? Oh, we have yes. always wanted to help one another, but we were so busy with trying to do things and fix things and do whatever. Wow. But I think this is, <laughs> we, have, we are really tuned to come together to create better. And I think uh, it's such a blessing. I look for, to, for, for gratitude in every single thing. And, and as you're talking, I'm just, I'm just actually looking at, my goodness, what an amazing time that everyone, the kindness, the caring, the compassion, the yeah. empathy, is absolutely I'm getting amazing. actually goosebumps. No, seriously. <laughs> I'm getting is, goosebumps, honestly. It, it's, it's, the way you said it, kind. the way you said it. It actually shows that we, all, we were all created by uh, uh, God, Allah, whatever. We were all created kind and goodness. Exactly. And a lot of uh, passion inside, love. Caring but and genuine because caring. Of, you know? Yeah, because of all this economy, money, busy, business, and you you tend to forget this deep, you hide it deep inside. Sometimes yeah, because, you go yeah, out we, and you... Exactly, yeah. we've got these barriers up that we have to look like this and we have to be like this. And But what I'm saying is if you strip away these things, and the funny part is, since we are in change, so much of change, and we have decided not to change, change is changing us now, okay? <laughs> yes. The situation is changing yeah. us. To strip away everything that we have covered ourselves with to really get to the core of who we truly are. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I see a blessing in disguise right there. And, if, and, and uh, when you're talking about it, Timur, it, it, it's so amazing to see that you have always operated like that. You have never ever had these barriers up. You've always operated from a space of allowance, of true caring, of true contribution, of true collaboration, of creating. And those are the, the, the brilliance that we have been blessed with. But if we are constantly operating from facades that come in our way, that do not really allow us to tap into the brilliance of who we truly are and all of us are unique and that uniqueness is wow. what it is that we must bring out and share with the world i think that is now's the time to actually you know, do that <laughs> now i i want to be honest to you and um, um maybe it's very bad to say but I, i'll try to explain um i i think i'm afraid actually i don't want the, the quarantine to stop like tomorrow, honestly. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to explain it mm -hmm. because whatever you said now, I was feeling it and you just, just proved my point. I think that the humanity need a bit of more time for quarantine, you know, because yeah, not everyone need. <laughs> yet. <laughs> we need time to evaluate things and because some of us get to this point fast, some not, and I don't want this 
thing to stop and then people again back to saying ah you know i told you this is all a media and it's all fake because i want i don't want obviously people to die i i don't want people to get sick but that's the only way now when we went inside and start the really valuating like before we spend extra uh, dirham before we buy extra and, and like things you don't really need yes exactly now nobody thinks about buying an iphone 10 or 11 or 12 everyone is just praying not to get sick everyone yeah. is trying to be safe which is amazes me and I, as i said it's not that people need quarantine maybe just people need more time to it's a wake isolate. up and a shake up uh, yeah. we've got to wake up and yes. shake up uh, this is the a wake up call and uh, the the strange thing is that all around the world earth actually is is actually really doing a brilliant job it's shaking everything up uh, animals healing. are roaming yeah, around the is healing <laughs> yeah. Healing. Yeah, um, yeah animals are roaming around freely uh, the other day i saw something on on video where there was a deer that walked into a, a, a pastry shop somewhere in, in, in the States or something. And yeah. the, the owner gave it a little um, you know, cookie. And then, and then she takes the cookie and she, she goes away. And then she comes back. And this time she comes back with a whole family. <laughs> it's the cutest thing ever. Yeah. Isn't it, is it amazing? Huh? It is about connecting. Uh, we have separated too much. Uh, it's time yes. to come together as one. Um, on that note, uh, I would love for people to know, Timur, where they can contact you because I'll be putting in all that information um, as part mm. of our recording. Um, before you go, I'd like you to yeah. share three, three things that you use in your daily life that helps you to truly be the brilliant entrepreneur, the brilliant human being, and the brilliant father that you are? Well, the first thing uh, I was mentioning before, I try to learn every day, learn something new, whatever it is, whether how to use social media or going through some online courses, I learn through reading, watching, listening, uh, Secondly, what helps me a lot is communication. Mm -hmm. I try to set more of such conversations. I contact uh, people on Zoom, ask them to come, share with them ideas. I'm not afraid of somebody stealing my idea. I never was afraid of it because if it's meant to be for me, it's mine and I'll do it. So I uh, create and come up uh, with ideas. And the third thing, I wanted to mention something else, but now when you mention, you know, actually I, um, I spent time with myself and with my family. Mm. That's the third thing which helps me actually to achieve, to, 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 which helped me to achieve for what I have now. And I think, and I'm sure it will help me to achieve more by just uh, dedicated uh, dedicating time when i can to my family mm. this is three things i think uh, if it makes all you of us the, do the amazing yeah. human being that you are and and the other thing is is that i've noticed is that if we truly 
can see ourselves as not being separate, uh, uh, that I have to be, if I'm a business person, then I have to be like this. If I'm a, uh, in the family, then I have to be like this. No, what if you are you and every mm. part of you is a contribution to you and everyone else around you? Yes. And what if there was no separation within ourselves? What could be a, a point of creation that we could share with everyone else? Um, Timur, I am, I am truly uh, pleased that we had this amazing conversation. And uh, I would like to invite you back again, uh, possibly in the next uh, couple of weeks, because at that time I would like sure. to, to share with my audience um, some of the things that you did. And probably um, you can actually share with us on your expert channel that you're going to be having. I'd, I'd like to interview you <laughs> on that possibly uh, in a couple of weeks. Sure. So having said that, I would love to. Yeah, it would be really cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was Timur Kudratov, a person who truly inspires change and does it quite consciously and sometimes does not actually give himself credit for the amazing work that he's done. So, today I'm there to congratulate you and to acknowledge your brilliance. Timur. Thank you. And, uh, I look forward to working with you one day for us to create this amazing collaboration where we can create something far greater. So having said that, thank you very much for coming on the show. And I know I've taken away from family time, but... Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, I'm quite sure that we are going to... I'm going to listen to it myself, <laughs> actually. Uh, get to, <laughs> to have the pearls of wisdom that you drop throughout this conversation. So thank you very much. Uh, stay home, be safe, and be successful in whatever you're doing. Thank you very much for being on. Thank the you program. very much, Jennifer. Thank Pleasure you. Thank mine. you very much. Appreciate thank you. Thank Take you. care. Bye for now. <laughs>